Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's wrestling episode of Pass Off and Touchdown. As always, it's your guy, Holy Live, back at it again. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thanks for making me part of your day, presented by Anchor Podcast. Remember to go like and subscribe and leave a review to help others find the show wherever it is you get your podcast. Another quick reminder where you can find me on social media, on Twitter, you can find me at TapOutTVs. On Facebook, just search for at Tapouts and Touchdowns, and the email to the show, Tapouts and Touchdowns at gmail.com. What would another wrestling episode of the show be without our wrestling correspondent, PJ Steven? PJ, how you doing today, bud? Good evening. I'm pretty good, man. It's not too bad. It's a good uh, good day today. Good night, actually. We're recording this kind of late, which is fun. Uh, we just got done watching some terrific, terrific wrestling. We won't give away what that was. But now we're going to transition into something that's not as amazing as what we just saw, but it sure was fun, was it not? Yeah, it was a little interesting. We're going back in the way back machine, going even further back than some of the shows we've done this year. The way back machine, is that a technical term? That is the scientific term for uh, what, what they call in Back to the Future time machine. Ah, but- the, yes. science, the scientific turn is the Wayback Machine, going all the way back to 1993 in Pensacola, Florida, for WCW Battle Bowl, the third ever Battle Bowl in WCW history, a concept where tag teams are mixed and matched, uh, and then the winner of each tag team match goes on to a battle royal at the end of the night, an over-the-top rope man, uh, 16-man battle royal, with the winner getting the coveted battle bowl ring pj before we get into the show how did you feel about the concept of the mix and max tag and the battle bowl pay-per-view itself so i think on paper it seems fun uh they basically did what they call the lethal lottery and every everyone was drawn out and you got different names uh that was your tag teams um Whoever won in the tag team would go on to be in the battle bowl, battle royal, and then yes, you would win the the little ring. Um, so this was first introduced in Starcade ninety or ninety one and ninety two, but they decided to make a standalone show in nineteen ninety three. This show aired November twentieth, nineteen ninety three. I was a little over. I was a little over two months old. So that's fun. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, this took place in uh, Pensacola, Florida. Uh, Seven thousand in attendance. Uh, I wanted, like, for real quick to answer your question. Again, like I just mentioned, it looks cool on paper, but just throwing that kind of throwing that kind of improv into these matches, I think, did not work out all the time. Uh, but I will mention that the '91 Starcade, where they did the Lethal Lottery and the uh, Battle Bowl, it actually was not that bad uh, i actually kind of enjoyed it even the battle royal at the very end which was won by great muda which is fun um it's just it's just the tournaments usually just don't go anywhere with it you know and it's just yeah it's okay um but this this pay-per-view man i don't think anyone knew exactly where anyone was going and i'm talking about the workers i'm talking about the bookers I don't know what was happening in this met in this pay-per-view. I will draw your guys' attention to the um the poster. 
Uh, check out the Battle Ball poster for 93. Look at the legends that are on this uh, poster. Uh, Ric Flair, Katniss Jack, um, who will obviously be uh, St- Steve Austin, who will go on to have a decent career. I don't know if you guys have known anything about him. Yeah, you know? stunning Steve um, Austin. I, I think he I think he did well for himself. I guess so, yeah. Uh, you have Sting on there with old Ricky Steamboat, uh, Sid Vicious, uh, Dustin Rhodes, who I always forget was a primetime player in WCW before he went on uh, to be uh, who we – usually know him as, and that's gold dust. And then of course, Rick rude in the bottom right corner. So great poster. We have great hype here. Uh, again, this looks great. And then the bell rings and we're going to get into that, but um, it's, it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're going to get into it here in a second. I, uh, I, I think the concept maybe for a one-off uh, a one-off pay-per-view um, isn't necessarily a, a bad thing. Um, you know, we've seen some pay-per-views where, where they've got some, some interesting concepts. Uh, you know, you think about Survivor Series with the elimination match, but if every single match on the, on the show is an elimination match, then, then where's the, you know, where's that room for, uh, for, for newness and for, for originality? So um, we'll get to it in the show uh, because it becomes uh, very repetitive, very quick. Uh, the show starts off with me and Gene Okerlund and Fifi uh, as they stand on like a lottery uh, shuffler. If you remember the old, I'm trying to think of what uh, what show it used to come off of, but a little metal cage. Uh, I guess the Royal Rumble used to do it where they pick out the numbers for the Royal Rumble. Uh, I digress, uh, man. I tell you what, before we get into the, the, to the teams, PJ, I loved the interactions between me and Gene and, and Fifi throughout this pay-per-view. Yeah, how that was you, fun. How did, you, how did you feel about me and Gene Okerlund and Fifi basically like flirting the entire pay-per-view? It was pretty cool. I, it's just because, I mean, me and Gene, it, you know what it reminded me of for real? It reminded me of Legends House when yes. me and Gene was on it. He was just flirting with Asher the whole time. And one of my favorite moments from that show is when Mean Gene makes Ashley a drink and he just fills it with vodka. Oh, yeah. And I know you can't see me at home, guys, but I'm just filling this bottle with vodka or this cup with the vodka. Then he puts in like a little bit of soda and like a lime and it gives it to her and she drinks it. She goes, it's a little strong, Gene. And he called it the Mean Gene special or something. Yeah. And then Mean Gene took it from her and drank some. He goes, oh, no, it's perfect. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. So just the way he interacted, I mean, like he I mean. He he was a, he was a handsome gentleman, so um, uh-huh. I thought he, that was really fun. I, I did enjoy that. I feel like he's he like his entire life, his entire career past like 1980, he was like 50 years old. He never aged until he got really old. But like, yeah, I just thought if if, if there's something you go back and watch this pay per view for, it's to watch Mean Gene hit on a hot. Uh, I don't know if she was actually foreign or not, but uh, hit on this this Fifi character for the entire show and sexual innuendos that were kind of mixed in that you had to pay attention for but really good stuff here but anyway getting to the show itself mean gene again every match would would draw two teams uh and so the first two team names that were drawn uh the first name drawn was cactus jack and his partner wcw champion vader uh part of the storyline that you'll get into pj i'm sure was that they were coming off of a huge rivalry and a really big match between the two of these guys so Putting them in a team was going to be volatile, you know, at best uh, for this match. They would take on the team of Charlie Norris and Kane, otherwise known as Stevie Ray. 
Kane, it was this is the Harlem Heat before they were known as Booker T and Stevie Ray. They were yeah, known it was Kane, as Kane and Cole. Kane and Cole, and they they mixed up the names, but Kane would come out to team with Charlie Norris. So Stevie Ray and Charlie Norris would take on Vader and Cactus Jack in the opener. Uh, PJ, yeah, I, li- I like how I like how Kane comes out, and Shivani's like. Yeah, Shivani's commentating that it was the wrong brother and then literally says, I guess it doesn't really matter. Yep. Oh, and God. Th- that statement right there, I guess it really doesn't matter, sums up this fucking pay-per-view. Anyway, let's get into it here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. Oh, man. I got to tell you. Guys, I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shit on this pay-per-view a lot. This, but this might I, be I the did... worst. Now, we did the, the Battle Royal at the Royal Albert Hall. This might be the worst pay-per-view we've reviewed. Like, let's let's be honest here. Yeah, well, we go, we're going to get into it. We're going to have some fun doing it because I did yes. giggle and laugh a little bit. But, yeah, yeah so Vader and Katniss Jack, um, uh, again, uh, working Charlie Norris and Kane. We go about seven minutes here, which is thank God because I don't want it to go any longer. It went six minutes too long. But it is fun to see Katniss Jack and Vader kind of just beating the hell out of each other and then realizing, oh, shit, we're in a tag match here. Uh, I, I put in some of my notes here that – Dude, Katniss Jack is getting the shit beat out of him here, man. Like, um, but Vader is just shugging off all of Norris's offense here. And dude, the power bond that he gives him oh, is yeah, like dude. tremendous. And I'm like, damn, dude, put him down. It's it's over. And we get a quick pinfall, obviously, with um um with Vader and, and Katniss Jack going into the battle royal. Uh I do gotta say too, I did write down in my notes here, like Gene's a little creepy here after um Yes. Oh he's, no. He's getting a little creepy. After, and I, I'm going to let you give your notes on this match, but I have to just put that in, man. He's. Oh yeah. He's he's being a little creepy. It's funny. The entire the entire pay per view between every match there was a story. The the side story, the the B story in the in the TV shows uh, would say that me and Gene was just creepily hitting on Fifi the entire show, and yeah, it was it was something crazy. Now uh, I'm just going to go through my notes here. I gave this match two and a half stars. A lot of physicality here. Uh, a lot of chaos to start. Vader even decked his manager, Harley Race, to start this match off. Um, I'm going to keep calling Kane Stevie Ray, even though Mean Gene called him Cole. You already mentioned it. Shivani said on commentary, I don't think it really matters. Uh, Vader hits the Vader bomb, doesn't go for the pin. I got a Botch of the Night nominee. Norris tries to drop uh, or tries tried to drop on the rope whip. Uh, Vader covered for it. Um, you know, I wrote in my notes, Vader is scary. Like, he did not give a damn about anything, beating anything that walks. Um, the Norris guy, this Norris kid, super meh, super mid, a really clunky finish. Um, Vader goes for the powerbomb. Stevie Ray comes to stop it. Uh, Vader falls down, uh, giving – Vader falls down giving it, the giving the powerbomb that is. Uh, Stevie Ray can't break up the pin, even though he was halfway into the ring. Cactus stops him, allows the ref to count the three. Now – there's a side story that I'm not sure if you were aware of, PJ. Uh, I just actually watched this video either yesterday or the day before. On this pay-per-view, in this match, uh, Stevie Ray said that Vader was shooting. After the match, he was supposed to do a spot with Cactus. Uh, Vader wouldn't get out the way. Um, I believe he hit Stevie Ray. Well, Stevie Ray came back and clocked him one good time and put him on his ass. Um and uh, got so pissed off and walked in the back, was really pissed off after the show, you know, after the match. Uh, according to Stevie Ray, picked up his bag, 
and he kept an automatic gun in his bag, uh, held a towel over his firearm and waited for Vader to come to the back hmm. and was, uh, was prepared. He said he, he'd never been so pissed off that he got some, um, he got some, some kudos from the boys for standing up to Vader. Um, but uh, Vader would go back to approach him um, and would say, Hey, sorry, like would apologize. Like everything's good. Sorry. Just got out of hand. Um, they made amends. He said he never had a problem with Leon after that. Uh, but he was prepared if Vader was coming to the back room um, to quote unquote kill that motherfucker. Um, he was ready to put Vader down because of the violence that took place in that ring that was not supposed to take place um, and not knowing what kind of Vader would come to the back room. You ever heard about that story, BJ? I have never heard about that story. And me being a big Vader fan, I'm surprised that I had not heard that story. That's crazy. And now I want to go back and rewatch that match because yes. I mean, I know I noticed that it was stiff, but like, I just always assume that Vader is going to be a little bit stiff, but um, I mean, let's be real. I mean, like, um, um, so Vader has always had kind of a short fuse when it comes to certain things. So, I mean, I, I totally get it, but um, the video good on Steve, good on yeah. Stevie for, for standing up for himself. Yeah. So the video came out a, a little bit at over four years ago when Vader was still alive. Uh, it was a, he was doing an interview. I don't remember with who, uh, but the question came out, how have you ever dealt with bullying in the ring? And he's like this, I don't think it was really bullying went into the story. And his explanation was like, he trusted his brother. This is a time in the business when he trusted his brother, but he did not trust anybody else to take care of him or protect him. So when shit went sideways with Vader, he was ready to end Vader literally, literally and figuratively on this night in 1993. Uh, moving right along here after the creepiness that ensues with Mean Gene and Fifi. <laughs> we after get, the creepiness. <laughs> we, get, we get two more teams announced. The first team, uh, including... A uh, fellow four horsemen at the time, Paul Roma and Eric Watts taking on the team of Johnny B. Bad, a.k.a. Mark Marrow, and nasty boy Brian Knobs. Uh, man, PJ, we mentioned, uh, we mentioned, we talked about the shooting star press on our last show, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we did not see, I don't think, a, a shooting star press from Mark Marrow in this match. But, uh, man, if, if they had to team him up with the worst, worst wrestler, I don't know how this match could have gone any worse. I'm going to go ahead. Um, I'm going to start us off here and give, give my notes real quick because I don't have many. Uh, first and foremost, Missy Hyatt is coming out with Brian Knobs. What the fuck is that about? Um, and then my next note is, God, I hate Knobs so much. Those are literally my two first notes that I wrote for this match. Um, Watts and Marrow doing nothing but working on the arms here. That will be a constant theme for this pay-per-view. Uh, some decent wrestling, nevertheless, with Marrow involved. Uh, nothing really spectacular, but still decent. Um, I did write in my notes because we, it's been very well documented on this on this program that I'm not a fan of Brian Knobs. It feels like Brian Knobs wants to be Vader. He's got the style and the attitude, but he just doesn't have it. Uh, the first match seemed to go really fast compared to this one. I know you said it was six, six minutes too long, but this one dragged even worse. Uh, no joke, as soon as I typed that, Jesse Ventura even made a comment on commentary about the time that this match was taking. Uh, Watts tries to get the crowd going uh, or the crowd behind. Uh, it just, he tries to get behind. I know what it was. He tried to get behind uh, Rhonda. They were, or whatever it was, they were trying to get behind calling Roma 
uh, by a female name, whatever it was. Oh yeah. I, I was trying to figure out what you were saying there, but now I yeah. remember like how awkward that was. It was just, it was so bad. It just didn't make any sense. You know, it went 12, we went about 12 to 13 minutes here, this yeah. match. And it's, I mean, I'm telling you that is 13 minutes way too long. We get, you know, knobs rolling up with a handful of tights at 12 minutes and 57 seconds. And it's just, it everyone in this, tights. he had, he had him by the balls, dude. He yeah. grabbed him by the nuts to get the pin. Eric Watts is about as over as Nick Patrick in this match. And Nick Patrick was the referee. <laughs> I almost, I almost spit out my drink laughing um, when, <laughs> when sorry, Watts hits, Watts, Watts hits a beautiful cross body. And Jesse's like, what a beautiful cross body. I'm like, where, yeah. where was it? Cause I didn't see it. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't very good. The talent is the talent is the most talented member of this match is Missy Hyatt. <clears throat> I mean, that's yeah. I guess that's that's sort of it's 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 kind of accurate. I like Mark Mero's work, um, but yeah, everyone can, has an off night. You can tell he was. I mean, you could just tell this was the steroid era with Mark Mero. He was. He was. I mean, what, what were they doing putting these fuckers together? It just, I don't. And I, don't I get know, that. We're, I I I listen. I get it. I get that we're supposed to feel that it's so random that oh my god we put these guys together it's random everybody but there's you gotta have some sort of plan to at least make it entertaining yeah it gets it it, you know i mean i hate to say it yeah it's it's just like how they put how how they how they put benoit and rhino together randomly and it's like oh wow they knew that was gonna work or even edge and uh randy orton or even look at sheamus and cesaro or benoit (laughs) chris benoit and kurt angle like that who we just went over yeah Yeah. like that it it worked it's just one of those things where it's like yeah it's random and we still felt that was random but it was still really good now am i to say that any of these teams that we're going to go with are, are could be great tag teams. We look at later on in the match, we see Ric Flair's teaming up with stunning Steve, which is uh, terrific on paper. Yep. Uh, but it, it just, and that one could have worked. Would uh road warrior Hawk and rip Rogers work? Probably not. Would sting and Jerry Sags work? Fucking no. And you know, that wouldn't work. So, by the way, um, not, who, don't, you say, by the way, I got, I got to ask a question. Who the fuck is Rip Rogers? Rip Rogers was okay. So he was disco I'm sorry, kid. I have no idea. He, he debuted as uh as disco kid. Uh and he formed God, what was that fucking tag team? He started in like 77. He formed uh he was in Angelo Poffo's uh international championship wrestling or whatever. Obviously, Macho Man Randy Savage's father. And he he was in a tag team called the Convertible Blondes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, I mean, he was, he was pretty good. He was okay. He had a lot of great feuds. He feuds with Adrian, or I feuded with Adrian street. Uh, he, he formed the Hollywood blondes, obviously before what we know now, uh, with Dutch Mantel. Um, Dutch Mantel. Yeah. Are you talking about fucking, uh, God, what is his name? Are you talking about we, the yeah, people? Hate, hate speech? Yeah. No way. Yeah, he 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 feuded with him for a long time. Oh shit, that is hysterical. He, that was in that was in Memphis, I think, with Continental Continental Wrestling CWA. I think is what that's called. I can't remember, man. It's too much. But either way, he's not someone who's. I mean, he's not a world champion. Um, but you know, he was a decent talent. Um, actually, I think he was. 
I guess I could just look this up, but I don't, yeah, th- yeah, he was NWA, um, um, mid America heavyweight champion, but I mean like, you know, one of those obscure champions. Yeah. I hate, I hate, when he, he's not going to be in the hall of fame bully. Is that what you want me to tell you? I mean, it's not really saying much. I hate to say it. Coco beware's in the hall of fame, you know? Oh, that's always the running thing. Yeah, it really Coco is. Beware. So, you know, well, Coco, I want to touch on that. Coco beware was the guy that they would put out there to see if this guy could fucking make it. And like, I like get Steven like, Regal in WCW. Kind of like Steven Regal, kind of like X-Pog. X-Pog would be the same way. Yeah. Um, I think Coco would be where it gets a little bit too much shit for that. And plus, you got a talking parrot. Fuck you. You have a talking parrot? <laughs> no. Unless you, unless you, like, unless you want to call, like, one of those gigapets in the early 90s of, of an actual talking parrot. You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? I can I see it what is in your face. What is so, that? No one knows who that is. We keep we're, we're getting way off topic here, but we'll we'll get back to it. Um, so they used to have these little keychain electronic, uh, I don't know how else to call them, like little like kind of like a handheld video game, but it was literally like a, on a keychain, and it was like a pet. It was like Pokemon before Pokemon. Uh, oh, is it? What did you call it? It was Giga Pets, and they had Nano Pets. You might remember the Nano Nano Pets. Nano Pets is what I thought of. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so yeah. If if you can, if you include a. Uh, maybe a talking parrot as a, as a nano pet or a giga pet, then I may have had one, but it's been, I was, I was a child. I have no idea what, what it was or not, but nevertheless, let's, let's, let's get back on topic here. Listen, we could talk <laughs> about birds all this whole podcast and it'd be more entertaining this pay-per-view. So yeah. guys, just strap the fuck in. This, uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. This next, the next match we got coming up following the, uh, we, we should mention, I, we, we very briefly mentioned it. Johnny B. Bad and Nobbs goes over, as Knob grabs uh, the balls, I believe, of Eric Watch for the win, one and a half star match. Fast forward, we get the next announcement of teams the Shockmaster, otherwise known as Tugboat, otherwise known as Typhoon. Uh, the Shockmaster, he is famous for tripping over a piece of plywood when making his debut on a team with Sting in a glittered up uh, Stormtrooper mask. He is going to be teamed up. With Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, other you know, not, not to be confused with me, Mr. Wonderful selling wonderful pistachios, taking on the team. Of- oh my God! Did you just fucking plug that? I, I guess did. I plug my band. I guess I plug my band every episode, so I'll let that one slide. Listen, I I'm called Mr. Wonderful on a regular basis, and you know, I didn't I didn't know that. Is that real? That's that's 100 real, and and it's the running joke that the women love my nuts. I mean, I've got all different flavors of nuts, and they like to put their my salty barbecued nuts in their hands and, and mouth and and anyway getting <laughs> as bj takes off his headset and quits the show uh getting back to it since we continue to go off topic tonight shockmaster oh is wonderful taking on the team of ricky the dragon steamboat and lord stephen regal uh really weird to start here pj i'm gonna let you start us off here but we had some overlapping entrances here that made no sense it was like they were hurting for time because they let the first two matches go three times longer than they should have gone uh pj how'd you feel about the Shockmaster and mr wonderful teaming up against ricky the dragon steamboat and lord steven regal i gotta say that um i love our i love fred ottoman whatever he does i love him uh oh 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 big fred uh but it you know anyway uh, again you look at Ricky Steamboat and Lord Steven Regal. I mean, like, yeah, it could be good on paper because those guys are super talented. But it's Lord Steven Regal, William Regal, whatever we want to call him, 
he can there's no way he can be babyface and steamboat no way he can be heel so that does not work um and even after this match this match goes 12 minutes 26 seconds i'll go through a little bit of my notes here i fucking cringed cringed Shotmaster and regal are going at it and jesse is 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 railing against nafta and how shot oh my god will be shipped to mexico i fucking cringed i was like dude yeah because I, I i wrote in my notes is he is he a construction worker now like where did this fucking gimmick come from i'm right there with you it made no fucking sense of why he's plugging these fucking government bullshit here i'm just i and i get like jesse is you know uh, he would become I, governor of Minnesota beyond. He would, paper. and he would, he would, he would create a lot of. Uh, he would, he would, ha- he write a book about you know government this, government that. He would be a nine uh, eleven conspiracy theorist. He, he would put his hands in a lot of weird areas, um, like most people in government. However, ha- anyway, but yeah. yeah, this that was weird. A weird spot to do that. Um, do do that on your own fucking time. No one cares. Yeah. Um, but I will say, like, Regal and Orndoff, like, they do a nice sequence, but they're both heels. So Steamboat gets mad at their sudden reliance on sportsmanship. It was very strange. It was psychologically strange at a wrestling point of view. Yeah. Um, like, it's like you're following the rules, so are you even a heel? It's just weird. They they plucked this shit up way too much, and they it, it's it's literally like it was random, and it shouldn't have been, you know? Yeah, I'm um, not right there with you. Uh, Regal nails him. Uh, uh, let's see. A pissed off steamboat turns around and blasts him with the umbrella, allowing shock ma- him as in Regal, allowing Shotmaster to finish with a splash. Um, we, I wanted more Fred. I wanted more tugboat Shockmaster. I wanted more Shockmaster and Steamboat in this match, honestly, because I think you'd actually get a decent match out of that. To be honest with you, um, after the match, of course, we get Regal and Steamboat going at it. Steamboat actually challenges Regal for the belt at um at well, it should be a uh, Starcade, uh, which is fun. The belt but, would um, be the the belt would be the the TV title. Yeah, the WCW a, World Television Champion, and it's a pretty decent championship. Like it, it it's a, a aesthetically pleasing championship. Like it's a pretty cool belt that they have here at this time. Now, and I gotta say too, I remember that match, and it actually goes to a fifteen minute draw, and Regal keeps the belt. Well, yeah, I mean, spoiler alert for if you really just wanted to watch Starcade. Yeah, no, you know, you touched on a lot of the stuff. Um, I mentioned I dug the TV title that Regal had on him. Um, I, I believe uh, Shockmaster, either he or Shockmaster, either Shivani or, or Ventura, one of them called the uh, the tripping of Shockmaster that I mentioned on his debut. Uh, I thought Steamboat, uh, some of the best work on this pay-per-view was Steamboat uh, going against Wonderful in this match. Um, Typhoon yeah. getting the crowd involved here. Uh, but here we are in the third match and this dynamic of heel baby face teams in every match. Um, I just, I, I was already over it three matches in. Um, I wrote my notes. This is verbatim. Ugh, I'm bored as hell. The better wrestlers didn't win this match and steamboat pulling the heel move to knock out Regal with the umbrella made no sense to me. Two and a half stars, basically only because of the steamboat, wonderful matchup and some of the work they were doing but kind of like you said psychologically it made no sense that steamboat as a baby face pulled the heel move against his own tag team partner in this match it made zero sense to me um but then again neither did a lot of this pay-per-view um yeah i was gonna i was gonna ask you too um bully 
One of my favorite birds is the blue jay. Uh, I actually really enjoy blue jays. They're really nice. Well, I see them in my yard sometimes, and you know, I'll look out mm-hmm. and say, "Oh, it's a little blue jay running around there." You know, there's a, what's your what's your favorite kind of bird? I'm I'm wondering where you're going with this. I like the. It's not a blue jay, but it's called a blue bird. It's like a like a almost like a like a royal blue with an orange chest. Um, they're sort oh, of yeah. more. They're sort of more more of more rare in South Carolina, but every now and then we'd get one in my backyard. My dad actually loved birds, had a bird book and all that stuff, put bird seed and suet in the backyard. Every now and then we'd get lucky and we'd have a bird, a bluebird um, kind of set up shop in one of the birdhouses we had in our backyard. So I, see, I really want to get, I want to get a bird feeder and shit, but like my dogs and my goats probably just scared them the hell off. So I don't, are we done well, with this pay-per-view? No, not yet. We got a few oh, more okay. matches here after this match. I thought we'd just talk about birds to, to wear out the hour. Yeah. But okay, next no. match. Mad, next match. Let's well, go. Before the next match, we get a Ric Flair versus Vader promo for Starcade that would happen in Charlotte this year for the world title. Um, and then we go into the next match. Awesome Kong, not the woman Awesome Kong that became an Impact Wrestling Hall of Famer recently. And the Equalizer would take on King Kong and Dustin Rhodes. So this is the first match on the card that we have an actual tag team going up against each other as Awesome and King Kong will take on, take each, you know, go on opposite sides of the match. Um, I don't know who the equalizer is, uh, but again, King Kong and Dustin Rhodes would, would team up. I wrote very few notes, so um, I'll go ahead and start. I already mentioned, I only know one of the guys in this match, and that was the natural Dustin Rhodes. Uh, the first match with partners on opposite sides of the ring. Match was not good. Dustin was the only good wrestler in this match. King Kong goes from the splash in the corner. Dustin hits a bulldog for the win. One star, and that was being generous. PJ, is there anything else, or do you just want to move right along and skip past this, this awful so, match? I want to I want to throw in just a little bit because the equalizer, I only know him a little bit from New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he lost a match to Scott Norton okay. uh, in Tokyo Dome. And I forgot who he was going by because it wasn't the equalizer. Uh, Because he he used to be called he was American Hawkwind, and then he was Dave Sullivan, but he was um, Captain something. I can't remember his other, and I keep wanting to say Captain Spalding, but that's Rob Zombie. I can't remember. This match went five minutes, and it was five minutes too long. Yeah, but God, Dustin, you know, I gotta say, Dustin Rhodes looked great though. I did, I did write that. Like going through my notes here, like real quick, I did say like, uh, you know, the match match kind of breaks down. It's it's really. It's really boring, um, but I still got to say Dustin Rhodes did look really, really good here. I got to say. Yep. I mentioned he was the only good spot, only the bright spot in this match. Uh, next up, moving right along here. Very disappointing match for me. Uh, we get You mentioned uh, earlier in the show, Sting would get his name called and team up with Nasty Boy Jerry Sags. Mm. Take on the team of Ron Simmons and Keith Cole. Um I, there was, there was a tag team called the Cole brothers and uh, it's, it's really funny because I wrote in my notes that these, these Cole brothers could have been what Ryder and Hawkins were to edge, but to sting. And there's actually a funny spot in the match where sting acknowledges the fact that Keith Cole has the same haircut. They could have been like sting heads. Like we had the edge heads with Hawkins and Ryder. Um, you know, I'll go through my notes again to, to kind of get us through here. Ron Simmons and Sting were sloppy together. Uh, they botched a roll-up um, with uh, – there was a rope whip that was supposed to, you know, finish the uh, roll-up. Didn't look, didn't look clean. 
Um, I did write again, I mentioned a few matches ago, uh, they were working on the arms. Uh, this is the first time that I wrote in my notes. It's the night of the arm drag and the arm bar because we had at least two of these spots in every single match on the card. Uh, weird seeing Ron Simmons in these bright green tights. Uh, <laughs> I felt like they were felt like they were trying to move too fast and it's making for a really sloppy match. Uh, Jerry Sags with a top rope elbow drop for the win. How do you, how the hell do you let Sags go over in this match with the likes of Sting and Ron Simmons? Um, and another sloppy finish. Simmons doesn't get get in to save the pin, even though he was right there to make it happen. And then we get we get Simmons going super heel at the end of this match. Maybe we're getting a Simmons heel turn. One and a half stars. PJ, how'd you feel about Sting and Sags against Simmons and Cole? I think that Ron was pissed off this entire match that he was in this in this match. I could probably agree with you. It was it was it was horrible. Like it just. It was sloppy. It wasn't. It wasn't entertaining, and it's really disappointing considering that two Hall of Famers and Ron Simmons and Sit and Sting were subjected to this. Call it for what it's worth. This bullshit. That's all. It I was. like the. I like the finish here. Sting hits the stinger splash on Cole, and instead of going for a pin, Jerry Sags tags himself in, hits a shitty elbow drop, and gets the cover. And Simmons doesn't even bother to save. Like he's like, "Fuck yeah. him, take it home." Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it let's wasn't go home, too fellas. bad. It wasn't too bad thanks to Ron and Sting, but I mean, it, it was still not great. I mean, um, let's see. I think they went 13 minutes for or 13 minutes, 14 seconds here. I mean, it's just, it's just weird, man. Yeah. Well, fortunately we get to a, an actual decent match on the card. The next matchup we see, we get a team of, we've already mentioned it on the show. Stunning Steve Austin gets his name called and his partner, the nature boy, Ric Flair is a baby face for this show. Take it's because they're leading into Starcade yeah. where Charlotte's capping him. Because, by the way, I want to mention, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that Starcade 93 main event of Vader and Ric Flair is really good. The crowd is hot. Uh, that pay-per-view is not bad, but that main event itself is really good. Me being a Vader mark, I love almost, almost everything he touches. But I that main event, for some reason, is in my top 10 favorite matches of, of Vader. So if you guys get the chance, um, uh, definitely check that out when you, uh, if you guys have time. Yep. Well, I don't know how to segue from that. Uh, Ric Flair is babyface with heel stunning Steve Austin take on the team of Max Payne and Too Cold Scorpio. Uh, PJ, I've let us off the last two matches. Why don't you give us your thoughts on this? Steve Austin and Ric Flair against Max Payne and Too Cold Scorpio. So we get, by the way, we get Colonel Robert Parker and Fifi coming out here. Uh, and, and I got to say too, I want to, I want to touch a little bit on two cold Scorpio. I love this wrestler. He's oh, a great man. worker. Oh, oh man. I was going to say the same thing, dude. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I thought you're just going to shit on me because no. he's ECW and you love shitting on ECW. No, we, I, I don't, I, don't, I didn't want to cut you off here. But no, um, there was a sequence in this match with Austin and, and Scorpio. Um, they botched the arm drag and Austin landed on his neck. But um, I, he was so, you know, in general, he was just so smooth in this match. He and was. I felt, I felt so bad knowing that he would eventually become Flash Funk in WWE. Like just yep. what, a, what a waste of a good wrestler with a shitty fucking gimmick. Scorpio was such a such a solid worker. 
Yeah, and then like towards the end of his career in WWF, he he got the bat the name Scorpio, yeah. and then he got his ass beat in Brawl for All by Godfather in the quarterfinals. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Tuco Scorpio, man, he was one of the guys that helped innovate ECW kind of in the back of the scenes. He was the one that was in the finals losing to Shane Douglas, um, where Shane Douglas cut that promo that we talked about uh, for ECW '97, or excuse me, barely legal '97. He returned to ECW uh, at a house party in 1998 uh, as a mystery opponent for Taz. 96, he'd be he'd actually go to Japan and work as a masked ego um, or a mass alter ego, Black Black Wasuma, something like that. Uh, but anyway, I digress. Great worker here. He's still wrestling, uh, and he's a hell of a nice guy too. Um, really, really nice dude. He's actually one. Um, uh, ECW tag or ECW tag team champions with Sandman. He's also ECW four time ECW television champion. So great worker there. I just had to shout him out a little bit because I love my ECW folks. Um, Max Payne, I don't know a whole lot about him, and I forgot who said this, but someone I mean, it might have been Sting, but um, someone was saying that he smelt really bad. You know who it was? I have no it idea. It was, it was, I know who it was. It was during that Legends of Wrestling. Um, round table that they used to do back in the day. Okay, yeah. And they were somehow they got on the topic of Max Payne, and I forgot who the hell said it now. But someone said that he smelled really bad and he never he, showered. He looked like he he looked like he just crawled out of bed like a long haired Sandman. He looked like he smelled bad. You know, like you know, like um, you know, like the song by Duran Duran, "Hungry Like the Wolf." Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And there's a there's a lyric in the song that's like, "I smell like I sound." That's Max Payne. Yeah, that's pretty good explanation. That pretty song good, pretty was good written about. Yeah. <laughs> so, but let's get into the match here. We got a really great. We really we got great talent here too. On, I mean, Max Payne's okay, but we got great talent here. Besides that, uh, Austin is antagonizing Flair to the point that Flair chases chases him around the ring. Payne is going to tag in here, and he just starts going stiff on Flair, which is not smart nope. because, yeah, Flair avoids a running knee in the corner. Finish was the figure four. Uh, I mean, he, we don't get a lot of time here. Uh, we get about 14 minutes, which is, I guess it is a good bit of time. It's about as long as what we got here, but uh, I wish we could have gotten a little bit more of Austin and two's cold. You do mention that, um, that little back and forth that we had. And I, I wrote that as well. Uh, but I love the characters. I love the characters are like, um, they're taking precedence over predetermined roles here. And what I mean by that. Is like there's like Flair and Austin are like sort of playing heels. I know Flair is the baby face leading into Scorpio or Scorpio leaving into Starcade. Um, but they're really just being Austin and Flair. They're just being themselves and who will later on get into their own uh, characters, especially Stone Cold Steve Austin, which will come out later. But um, no, I, I really did enjoy this. It, it was a little bit better psychology. Two Cold Scorpio and Max Payne didn't make terrible a, t- a terrible tag team. You could have maybe gone on to make that a tag team, and it would have been uh, believable. It's the highest rated star that I have on the card, and I rated it three and a half stars. Yeah, I gave this oh. match three stars. <clears throat> so the, re- the reason I even rated it that high is because it's a fucking breath of fresh air to see, like, all right, talent. Let's hit yeah. it. Yeah, like, I mean, we had Sting and Ron Simmons in the last match, but that match was just terrible. Yeah, yeah. this was, you know, coming to this point, we've shit on this pay-per-view pretty hard. Uh, but this was the this was the match uh, on, of the pay-per-view so far. Um, three amazing wrestlers and a big guy in Max Payne that just looked indifferent on the apron. 
as Scorpio is making Flair and Austin um, look as good as they are. Um, there was a, a point in the match where Ric Flair was like preventing Steve from using underhanded tactics to win the match. Uh, but Ric Flair is known as the dirtiest player in the game. So again, psychologically, it didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, you mentioned that Max Payne went for the knee in the corner, missed it, uh, hit the turnbuckles, and Ric Flair would transition to the figure four, uh, getting the win here for Ric Flair and Steve Austin. Uh, Three-star match. Really good match considering there was a lot of talent in this match. And then Max Payne in his, like, dirty, sweaty uh, pajama pants. Um, next up on the card, uh, another pretty good match. Um, the team, uh, the team would be called next would be ravishing Rick rude. And let's see, I've got his name further up on my list. Um, ravishing Rick rude and Shanghai Pierce taking on Marcus Alexander Bagwell, otherwise known as Buff Bagwell and Tex Slazinger. Um, just real quick. I'll, I'll start us off here because I don't have a whole lot of notes. I recognize Tex Slazinger uh, uh, right away. As Midian or Phineas E. Godwin, he would be Davis Godwin, yeah, in WWE, um, and his 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 partner would be Shanghai Pierce on the other side of this match. He was Henry O. Godwin in WWE. Mm -hmm. um, they would they would they would be a long time tag team between WCW and WWE going forward. Um, Henry O. Godwin in a mask as uh, Shanghai Pierce. Um, I don't get Shanghai. It sounds like a Japanese name, but he's clearly like. I don't know, a big Texan uh, luchador. I don't know what kind of gimmick they were going for, but nevertheless, um, Rick Rude looked really incredibly strong here. Just just chiseled physique, I, you know, no homo. Like he just, he looked, he looked amazing here. Um, and then we get another wrist lock. Like what are you doing here? The entire, the entire show was arm drag and wrist lock. And I just, I can't get over it, man. I just can't get over it. Um, Shanghai Pierce had a power bomb uh, that was sick. Um, I loved Pierce and Tex going at it. Like the, the tag team partners, they wanted that battle ball ring and they fucking went hard again, hard at each other. I forgot how fucking tall Midian was too, man. That's both a tall of them. Both of, yeah, them both of them are big, 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 big bastards, but like, yeah, for some reason. Yeah. And then we get a rude awakening for the win. It was actually a pretty enjoyable match considering we had two really big dudes and then Rick Rude and then a, a Buff Bagwell that was still relatively green here at this point. I gave this match oh, another I, I three stars. I literally wrote he is as green as Verde here. I and I know I know he's gonna get better, but like right here, I was like, man, I it's getting hard to watch. Like, I don't know why. Maybe I just wasn't in a bad mood, or maybe I was just in a bad mood during this match. But I shit on Marcus Bagwell here, poor guy. And um condolences to his um to his family. Uh his mother had uh, recently passed away a couple weeks ago, maybe a couple days ago. Um, uh, but anyway, I, I digress. Um but I will say like I will say that he took a lot of punishment this match and he's obviously like, just kind of like learning the ropes here, no pun intended. And um, he's going to, I mean, he's going to have a decent career. Can't get out of his own way in WWF, but right here um, you could tell he's got a lot of work to do and you could tell who was calling the shots in this match. And that was our, our old friend, uh, Mr. Rick rude. He yep. made this match in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Rick rude and Shanghai Pierce get the win <laughs> again. I gave this match three stars which leads us into the last tag team match on the card. We've already mentioned one of the teams. We get uh, Road Warrior Hawk and Rip Rogers taking on Booker T and the British Bulldog. 
you I, know, my uh, my aunt had pet birds too one day, and um, <laughs> she. Uh, what's funny? Um, I know where you're going with it. I just know. She, I know where she, you're going. Uh, she she had pet birds, and um, well, they were nice birds. They would talk every now and again, and you know, she would get them to say things like you know, "pretty bird" and things like that. Um, but yeah, man, birds, birds are cool. You know, you ever heard that conspiracy theory that like birds aren't real? They're just like robots from the government that spy on us. That's I've never, that? heard, I've never heard that before. I read, a, I read a meme, I read a meme the other day that was really funny and it was like conspiracy theory. No, what is it? Um, uh, it was gold. It was like, uh, you can always find conspiracy theories if you know nothing about anything. Well, so that's pretty, that's pretty funny. If you decide to set up bird feeders in your backyard, it might not be your dogs and your goats that you're worried about. You might have to worry about squirrels because my dad used to have to set squirrel traps in my backyard because they would climb up and just knock all the bird feeder up. To the well, that would, that would, I guess that was my point too. Cause like, because my dog, my dogs, they just love, well, especially Ray, my, my pit, she just loves to chase squirrels. And like, if she sees a squirrel at the window, she'll just start to like whine and like howl because she wants to destroy it. So like with those bird feeders, like you just said, it'll attract squirrels. It'll make my house even more noisy than it is. So maybe she, I just shouldn't get it. Are we done with the pay-per-view yet? I can't wait to title this pay-per-view. Now let's talk about this match. I have three notes. Decent work, not great, but decent. Can't believe Hawk threw Rip, Rip Rogers onto Booker T for the win, but there was no tag made. It made absolutely no sense. The British Bulldog did not even get into the match here. He was just there. To look pretty with his long braids, a star and a half. PJ, would you like to say anything, or do you want to go into the main event, the Battle Bowl Battle Royal? All right, that answers my question. The Battle. Uh, <laughs> it's just a, it's just a silly match to have the the uh, Rick Flair and Steve Austin and Tuco Scorpio and Max Payne should have been the last tag match you had here. I agree. And instead you had this. And it's just so strange, man. And you could tell Hawk was out of fucking place. Like, oh, yeah. he's looking over there like, who the hell is this jabroni? And where's my fucking friend Animal? Yeah, I where's mean, Animal? Jesus, at? man. Yeah, I, I do hate that Davey Boy didn't get in the... But I think they cut this time. They only went about seven minutes here. And they probably weren't eating for time at this point. Like, I mean... Anyway, we're going to get to what the real pay-per-view is about. I guess... Yeah. Um, and that is, of course, the Battle Bowl, which will, um, if you, you were keeping, win, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, yeah, if you were keeping track, uh, the winner of each tag team, uh, their individuals who go into this main event Battle Bowl, Battle Royal for the coveted Battle Bowl ring. If you were keeping track, your winners of the matches, uh, that would take place in this match Vader and Cactus Jack, Johnny B. Bad and Brian Knobs. Jerry Sags and the Shockmaster, uh, Mr. Wonderful, King Kong, Dustin Rhodes, Sting, Ric Flair, Stunning Steve Austin, Rick Rude, Shanghai Pierce, Hawk, and Rip Rogers. Lala. You know, if you um, that's the thing. If you win this match, you get a fake dead bird. That's your gift. Yeah. If yeah. you win the battle ball. There was a lot of Hall of Fame talent in the ring for this battle royal, and then you had Rip Rogers. So, um, you know. Oh. By the way, the, the dumbest fucking rule of this pay-per-view is if you get tossed over the oh uh, my god, the, if you get tossed over the ropes, you know, if you hit the ramp, you're fucking good. Like you're you know, you're fine. 
What the yeah. hell kind of shit the, is that? The it, ramp was elevated to be. Yeah, like they, you, you can walk right to the ramp, like right to the ring, which is fun, except in a battle royal. Yeah, and you know WCW has the just the dumbest fucking rules. They've got if you throw them over the top rope, you're disqualified. If you throw them over the top rope in a battle royal and they land on the ramp, they're not disqualified, and they're 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 not out of the match. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, this is the most ridiculous shit. Because he tosses it over as a like, damn, he's already out, and then he's still going. And I'm like, what are we doing? And we even get to the point where Vader tosses Sting onto the ramp, and he starts fighting with the Nasty Boys. And yep. I'm like, yeah, oh my god, what the hell? Who is back there going like, goddamn, pal? You know, we're gonna beat that damn WWF with shit like this. Come on, I don't know. You know, really would, WCW wouldn't really get started, in my opinion, until like. Mid to late '95. I mean, so I, I get it, but between so you said, "Goddamn, pal!" Like instead of Vince McMahon back God there, you had, you had Kevin Sullivan. All right, guys, this is what we're going to do. And then you got Dusty Rhodes saying, "All right, baby, let me tell you, with your the top rope when you hit the ramp, you keep get the, you keep going, baby. You know what I'm saying? You got to hit the flow to be eliminated. That's that's what we're gonna do here, if you will." That's that's how if you will, yeah. That's how the conversation go. went out back there. So, so I'm glad you did a dusty impression because earlier when you said the shockmaster tripped over a, a plywood, it wasn't plywood, baby. It was a two by four. It was a two by four. <laughs> two by, no, not not two by four. Two by four. Two by four. Two by four. <laughs> and uh, there's a part. There's a spot in this battle royal too. We're going off the rails here. Uh, there's a spot during the battle royal. Sting is just standing there, and it's like he senses a disturbance in the force and starts attacking <laughs> and just starts randomly attacking Vader. I mean, it comes out of nowhere. It's just, and then that leaves again Sting alone with Austin and Vader. You're, that's your last three. Sting makes his own save, cleans house on the hills, can't get Vader over. It allows Austin to recover. They finally corner him. Vader turns Sting into, <laughs> excuse me, Vader fucks up Sting with a couple splashes. He avoids the last one. Fires back, heel devil team backfires. I mean, we're getting, we're really telling a decent story here. Uh, Vader collided working that baby face headbutts on the heels crotch spot. That what always happens. Uh, it, it, <sighs> Sting sits up for the singer splash. Vader avoids it, sending Sting to the floor at a fucking whopping 25 minutes and Dude. 30 seconds i mean it, you know once you get into the to the final like four or five it was actually not bad just everything leading up to it was really really just so here was really here's particular I, here's what i thought was crazy you had a slew of early elimination so you had rip rogers and shanghai pierce going quickly a couple minutes later you had cactus jack and mr wonderful going out simultaneously um and now you've got king kong and the Shockmaster going out so that everybody left in the ring had some sort of like hardcore, like really good run in WWE with the exception of Sting. At least it was until it was too late for Sting. Uh, you had Gold Dust and Stone Cold Steve Austin going at it hard here. Uh, Dustin started leaking. He got busted open somewhere. Uh, but yeah, it dragged. So we get all these eliminations really quick. And then we get like a solid 10 to 15 minutes where nobody goes. And then the Nasty Boys are gone. And then Rhodes and then Rick Rude and Hawk are all gone in a matter of seconds with like, within like, you know, and that's after five minutes with all these guys hanging out in the ring, like just, just chilling, you know? And then uh, I wrote in my notes, uh, how Bader is, isn't in the Hall of Fame is criminal. Otherwise we've got a final four of Hall of Famers here with Bader, Stone Cold, Sting and Flair. 
Um, again, Sting puts on the Scorpion Deathlock in a battle royal. Makes no fucking sense. Why would you do it? Um, now all four are on the outside in the middle of a freaking battle royal. Flair eliminate, gets eliminated by a work injury. Like he doesn't even go over the top. Um, and then a second whoop. Oh my God, how have we not talked about the whoop? There it is chance throughout this pay per view. It happened two or three times. Like it was like the, uh, the, I can't even say the name of the, the name of the group. Uh, I guess it was tag team. Uh, and they had the song whoop. There it is. That was really popular in the nineties. Now there's an ice cream or a, a progressive or a, some sort of insurance commercial um, where they do the uh, scoop. There it is. And then they go chaka, laka, chaka, laka, chaka. Whoop. You know, you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh I'm my really God. trying to, Oh my I'm God. really trying to to put it in my brain. It's, like, a, it's a Geico commercial, and this family is in the is in the kitchen, and a, a mom is with with this rap group called Tag Team, and they they do a parody of their own song called Scoop. There it is, um, and then at the end at the end of the pay per view, he takes sprinkles in his hand and throws it up in the air like he's fucking like throwing confetti, and he says sprinkles. It's this big thing anyway. Back in are the you 90s, making that? Are you are you making that up? A hundred percent legit. You need to look it up after we're done with the show. I think, you're, I think you're. I think you're making it up. Listen, it, I'm trying to make this show entertaining more with the birds. You don't have to add sprinkles on ice cream. Well, the what I'm what I'm getting at is in this show, whoop, there it is. Apparently, was a very popular song at this time because there were three or four whoop, there it is chants, and we get it here in the battle royal. That makes absolutely no sense. You already called the the finish. Sting misses the stingish flash. Vader gets the win. I gave the Battle Royal three stars only because there was so much talent in the ring. There was some decent work here, but it dragged for about 10 minutes there in the middle. And it just, it, like you said, the rule where you go over the top rope and you hit the ramp, you're not, you're not gone. But like I, there was one point, somebody went over the, over the top rope on the ramp and then they got knocked to the floor off the ramp. Okay. They're out now. Uh, it just again the WCW rules for matches back then just made no fucking sense to me. Yeah, I I hated that. Like I I I hated it so <laughs> I hated it so much. And that's what that's what bothers me too about some Royal like Royal Rumbles and Battle Royals now too. Like I get it's over the top rope, but they they wear out this shit where they can go under the rope. And it's mm-hmm. like it's just a bunch of rest spots. But excuse me, a bunch of rest spots. And I, that bothers the shit out of me. But um, it, it, I'm with you. PJ, yeah, it's just weird. This pay per view was hard to get through, and I'm gonna put 100 percent of the blame on you because you're the one that suggested it. So <laughs> I, didn't suggest, I didn't suggest this. I didn't suggest this at all. Who suggested this? Did somebody suggest this to us? You did. I did not suggest Battle Bowl. All right. Well, I did not say Battle Bowl. I would never have said Battle Bowl. Well. However, we got it, even when, even when even when you motherfucker said battle ball, I was like, that's dumb, but we'll do it. Some, like, that's cool. Somebody had to have pitched it to us uh, because there's no way I would have gone out of my way to say, let's do battle ball 93 because that sounds like a good idea. Well, I, I remember we were sitting on the couch. Well, I was sitting on the couch and I assume you were sitting on a couch. Everyone has a couch. Yeah. Um, and I remember us going through like what pay-per-views were in November. And, I, you know, I have it right here, fucker. Um, hold on. Am I? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, no, I don't. I'm a liar. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, no, I I, now I'm putting the blame for this on you. No, because, no, that is incor- uh, that's incorrect because you we were like, what what went on in November? And you were like, oh wait, the uh, WCW had Battle Ball at the time, uh, and we of course we had Survivor Series. Um, so that's what happened. Um, yeah. But just yeah, this was. I mean, this was. A weird one, but it was funny. Halfway through, I was like, "Why the hell did Ryan suggest this?" No, and I'm sure I said the through, same thing. To you, you were saying, "Why the hell did PJ suggest <laughs> yeah, this dumb no. shit?" PJ, you know how I, you know how I know it wasn't me. How's that? Because because I I I just live for late '90s WCW, so I would have picked something from there. I would have picked something from that. Well, I guess we're both gonna put the blame on each other for this one, PJ. That's final, fine. Your final overall rating for this pay per view. I got a feeling what what I'm gonna hear. But I just want to hear it. I just want to hear it coming from you. Uh, out of we do out of five, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be negative something. I'm assuming. No, no, it's a one. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, because of, because of Sting and Bader, you know, I got you. Got to remember, like, uh, and I've said this before. That in fact, one of the first, I think, the first pay per view that we did was yeah. um, Starcade '94, um, I believe, and which is or not Starcade, excuse me, Slamboree '94. Uh, Vader and Sting main event. Sting and Vader is one of my favorite rivalries of all time. So seeing that, just have fun there. I love seeing that. I really do. And I don't know if it's my love because this wasn't very much David and Goliath. It's not Kevin Ash and Rey Mysterio, but it is still that fan favorite, people's champion. Um, you know, against the big guy that is mean and scary. Because let's be real, you're you know. There's been a lot of people's champions, obviously the most popular one being The Rock. But Sting, to me, was your first, like, relevant and your first, like, besides maybe Bruno Sammartino, but your first uh, modern people's champion. I mean, could you agree? Could you agree with that? I could totally get on. I mean, they called him the franchise in WCW for a reason. I mean, even even in this pay-per-view, I believe they called him the franchise. So, like, even before the NWO came about, even before, like you talked about the, the war between w, them and WWF, like they were already calling Sting the franchise. So I think that was their way of calling him the people's champ because that's just what he was. He didn't have to be world champion for him to be over with the crowd. And he was never not over. I mean, let's be honest, even to this day where he comes out with a scrawny ass Darby Allen, Sting is still more over than some of the guys on the WWE roster right now. I mean, I, you can argue with me till, till you're blue in the face, but that's just the way it is. Sting has never not been over the entire time since he no. made it big as, as Sting in no. WCW. Uh, absolutely not. And like, I totally agree. He, you know, that's, I think that's why Sting has always been my favorite. And because I first, when I first saw him, when I was, you know, younger, um, I first saw him with the crow sting and I was into the, you know, the black and the white and I was into, you know, the heavy metal kind of shit. And that's what made me really, uh, you know, fall in love with sting. But, and it was just the fact that you just could not like him, yep. you know, oh, and yeah. he went his entire career without, without being, was he ever a heel in TNA? He did. So they tried to make him a heel with the main, main event mafia. It was Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, Scott Steiner, Kevin Nash, Booker T. That was when they had like the, uh, it was like the Legends Championship that would eventually become the TNA TV Championship that, oh. that turned into nothing. But it was like this group that they all came out in suits and uh, they would cut promos because they were like, it was like, it was kind of what WCW tried to do with the, uh, with the, the old school versus the new breed or the new blood 
Um, they tried it in TNA and they were called the main event mafia. Um, so it was this, this faction of the, the old timers uh, taking on like TNA originals. And, you know, I say that Samoa Joe is a main, main event mafia too, but they tried to make Sting a heel and it just didn't get over with him as a heel. He was still over as a baby face. Um, was that what he, what was, was. was that who when he was doing the Joker Sting thing? That was before Joker Sting. So as Joker Sting came after Hogan got there. Um, mm. and mm. I've you know, if you've ever paid attention to, to Eric Bischoff's podcast, he's mentioned the fact that he was signed to Impact or TNA at the time to be talent. He was not there to make decisions and they would still try yeah. to pull him. He wanted nothing to do with it. Um, and the only reason that I think the only reason that Hogan was there was because Bischoff was there because Hogan would not go if they could not get Bischoff. Of course not. Yep. So, um, so yeah, Hogan got there. Uh, they also tried to stint with the nasty boys taking out the Dudleys that went nowhere. Um, they, uh, yeah, it was a really weird time. It was sort of the the decline. Like not a lot of people like to give a lot of, uh, and maybe we should do a a, a TNA podcast one day. Not a lot of people like to give TNA their just due, but they had a meteoric rise that they were an actual rival. They had crowds. They had people there in the shows. They had butts in the seats, as Tony Schiamone would say. Um, but when around the time that Hogan got there, uh, TNA wanted to go one-on-one, you know, head-to-head with WWE. Um, and um, the... Uh, they decided to go live on Monday nights to compete with, with, the, with, with raw it that lasted for about a month. Um, but that was when, when Hogan's the one that made the announcement. And then uh, shortly thereafter sting, uh, it was almost like they were torturing him. And that's how he became like, like he started going on this Joker sting. And to this day, he says the Joker sting is one of his favorite gimmicks that he ever had. To do. I don't know if you ever heard him say that, but he loved doing Joker sting. He had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, because he got to do something different, and he in he got to have fun. Like I get, I watched, I yeah. was watching it just because it was Sting, but um, I didn't love it. But it was still kind of fun. Um, I only asked that because the one time I do remember that I switched WCW off super quick was when they tried to make Sting a heel, and Hulk Hogan's in red and yellow, putting on his boots, and Sting goes back there in the backstage, starts hitting him with a baseball bat, and the crowd's booing. Yeah, I do remember and that. I'm, and, I, yeah, and I'm like, you are out of your fucking mind. And I switched back to WWF and Undertaker was on TV. So I watched I, that. Yeah, I think I think they had him like hit somebody with a car. Again, they briefly tried to make him a heel, but again, it didn't go over. Like they tried this thing where like they made Hogan red and yellow again, and then they would turn him back to Hollywood Hogan. But somewhere in between there, he was a babyface and like Sting was the Sting was a heel. But like the night that I still remember the night that Hogan went back to red and yellow, it was when oh they, yeah they went they went and redid the, the nitro and we're getting off another tangent here but they went they they had the new nitro set um, his son was in the back why don't you wear these and you can see the red and yellow and it was a tag team match between Hogan Goldberg and Sting taking on like the new NWO or just like a heel team of Kevin Nash Rick Steiner and I think Sid Vicious yeah. Um, and then I, cause I, I still have the old WCW mayhem, like CD, like the old theme songs that they tried to do. And, um, and they had like Hulk Hogan's WCW theme on it, but they put it like in the background of like, of that show of that night show when he came back. And so there was like commentary with his theme music, like how, you know, anyway, uh, big tangent, but yeah, no, to, to sum it up, there was a couple of times they tried to turn Sting heel. It never worked. 
uh, you know, it sort of like if they tried to turn Ricky Steamboat heel, it would never work. So I digress. Um, PJ Battle Bowl was a a giant failure in my opinion. But what is not a failure is what is coming up in, with Guardians Warlock here in the next few weeks. So why don't you give us a little plug? What do you have coming up within the next month or two with Guardians Warlock? So I've actually before I did this, I started uh, going ahead and booking for next year. Because December is already taken care of. January is getting there as well. So we're booking for February and March. Um, we're trying to get out to um, more southern shows down in Florida and up towards like Philadelphia kind of shows as well. We've uh, messed around with that before, so we'd like to do that again. Uh, so, we, yeah, I'm just working on I'm, – I'm spending this whole – we're spending this whole month again just um, recording, uh, writing uh, more songs. Actually – well, yeah, so I wrote a song the other day called Fire and Brimstone, and I kind of wrote it about Kane. Sweet. So we're, and it's going to, but it's, it's going to be the way we're writing it. It's, it's very like, very heavy. It's slower. And um, I'm really looking forward to because all, all of our songs are just really quick and, and, and super fast in tempo. And, uh, this is going to be a little bit more melodic and a little slower. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited about that. Just a lot of great new material that I'm stoked about. Um, I want to press a question to you guys as well, like out there. Um, Bully and I have been tossing, tossing around different ideas onto, you know, how to, you know, balance because balancing the current product with our, uh, you know, time machine pay-per-views that we do are is super fantastic. But, you know, we want to hear from you guys as well. And would there, you know, comment, to uh bully on twitter or you know however however you get your word out there put your opinion out um if you guys could hear us do a podcast on one wrestler and one year of that wrestler uh you know who would that be we want to hear from you guys because we'll do it you know we love these suggestions that we get uh soon we're going to be doing a watch along with the monday night raw uh that we're really stoked to do that i think we're actually going to record that tomorrow that's correct Um, exactly and we're going to be giving you another pay-per-view tomorrow as well. So we're going to give you a lot of content, but we always want to do more for you guys. And uh, is there a wrestler than a year from that wrestler, like uh, 95 to 96, Triple H, uh, 98 to 99, The Rock, or whoever it may be, you know, shoot it in those comments, man. And uh, we'd love to do our own research about that particular wrestler and give you guys a really great episode and maybe give you a little bit of nostalgia on why you love that wrestler and things like that. But yeah, man, we, we, we're really looking forward to going back to Guardians. We're really looking forward to doing new content with our band, new content with this podcast. And a lot of things are going to be new and improved for lack of a better words uh, going into this next year. Cause Jesus, man, this year's almost over. It's hard to believe that we are already in November. Again, check them out on social media at guardians warlock. Uh, and as BJ said, reach out to me on Twitter at tab and TDs. Let me know if there's a wrestler you want us to cover uh, and, and what gear of that wrestler you'd like us to cover. Um, either on Twitter or on Facebook at Tab House and Touchdowns. You can send us a message there as well. Uh, but for the show tonight, we feel like we've, we've kept you long enough uh, reviewing a pay-per-view. Hopefully you enjoyed us bitching about a pay-per-view for a change because I don't think we've done that a whole lot the last few weeks. Uh, but nevertheless, again, as PJ said, we've got a lot of fun stuff coming for you. Uh, later on this week, we got another football show. And the next week, we're going to be reviewing a pay-per-view that took place very recently and a bonus episode at some point in the very near future with what PJ already mentioned, a watch-along of a classic 
WWF Monday Night Raw. For PJ Steven, it's your guy, Bully Rye, and we'll see you next time right here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns.